Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Sunday, March 7th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Flyers end up losing two of three in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh gets a 4-3 win in game three of the three-game series, and they take the two out of three. Flyers in the game. Uh, went into the third period with a tie score. Had a lead twice in the game, uh, but unable to hang on and get a win against Pittsburgh. They pick up the two points in the standings. So what does that mean for the standings? Well, let me tell you real quick that the Rangers beat the Devils and the Islanders beat the Sabres 5-2. So a couple other games in action in the East Division. And now the Washington Capitals are laying in wait to take on the Flyers coming up tonight at the Wells Fargo Center. And yes, there will be fans back. But what does it mean for the standings? Well, it means that the Islanders now move into the top spot in the East Division with 32 points through 24 games. The Caps through 23 games, the second spot with 30 points. The Bruins, 29 points through 21 games. Flyers and Penguins each have 27 points, but the Flyers still do have the two games in hand against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So things are tight. Things are very tight here in the East Division, and the Flyers have a tough task here. This will be the sixth game in nine days for the Flyers, and uh, Washington comes into this game with a a day of rest in between games. But Got to get points. This is the schedule. It is what it is. And the Flyers have an opportunity tonight to take their second game from Washington this season. They beat them back on February 7th, 7-4 to in D.C. Right after that is when the COVID postponements hit for the Flyers. But good news is, is they will enter this game seemingly with all players healthy, maybe with the exception of Phil Myers, who did not go yesterday and made way for Nate Prosser as he jumped into the lineup uh, for Phil Myers, who didn't really play in the third period of the game on Thursday night. Uh, But the Flyers uh, have an opportunity to get two points against the Washington Capitals coming up tonight. We're going to let's get to some Twitter questions for this episode, because I know that uh, there's some frustration with Flyer fans right now. The fact that Pittsburgh won two out of three there in Pittsburgh Uh, has a lot of people questioning a lot of things. So let's get to the questions. I'll provide the answers, and we'll go from there. Tim Tobin, he says, when you see Voracek on the fourth line and only played 12 minutes, do you think this is more of a message or just rotating guys around to stay fresh with with this brutal schedule? I think he's played fine, and I'm okay with the rotation if AV is doing it. Um, I don't – that's a good question Um, because some of the minutes in the game I thought were a little – bizarre too and it is six six games in nine days and AV talked about that it's something that he's never experienced before and he has talked about keeping guys fresh so I'm not sure if it's message sending or if it is in an effort to keep guys fresh that's a great question I just don't know um, what the answer is the actual answer Um, Brian says should Lindblom sit on back-to-back nights I don't think so I think he's playing a lot better Um, I think over the last two weeks, I guess, two weeks, uh, five games, I thought he's starting to show signs of the player he was prior to the diagnosis last year. Do I think this team, uh, Pesh says, do I think this team can beat the Avs, Vegas, Leafs, or Tampa? If not, does it make sense to be buyers? Well, as currently, if you're buying, you're trying to improve your team. The question should be, if they were to get a top pair or top 4D, would they be a team that could beat those teams? Look, there's a lot of hockey season left. A lot of things can change. I don't believe in the Leafs. They're really good in the regular season. Till I see that they can defend in the playoffs and win a round, then I'll start to really believe in them. 
Colorado's been a little erratic so far this season. I know they're a really good team. They have a ton of talent. Uh, but I also look at you know Vegas, really good team. Tampa, really good team. They're the two most legit teams in the entire league. Um, you got to see how a trade affects the team. Does it make sense to be buyers? That That's an interesting question. And it's not a simple one to answer with a expansion draft looming. I think it does. I think you have enough prospects. I think you have enough organizational currency that you can do that, and it's not going to hamper you in your future. So I think it's it's a worth a risk worth incurring is maybe the best way that I can put it. All right, Dan tweets in, Dan Marcus, and says, Jace, I know you're a goalie expert, so here goes. I don't know about that. He said, in my mind, elite franchise goalies possess two things, elite-level positioning and high-level athleticism. We all know about Hart's positioning and technical proficiencies. How do you rate his athleticism? I think his athleticism's right there. I, I have no problem with his athleticism. It's just he's a guy that doesn't need to rely on his athleticism because of his technical proficiencies. I agree with you. You have to have elite-level positioning. You have to have athleticism. And you also have to have the ability to read plays. He has all three of those. The athleticism, you don't see it on display as much because he is in the right place so often that he doesn't have to rely on that to make a lot of saves. But when he needs to rely on that, he can. And we have seen that. All right, let's go to Keebler. Ask the question, why doesn't Chuck Fletcher take heat for doing nothing this offseason as he balked at Niskanen retiring and looks like he turned down a TK Frost for Line A deal, quote, which makes also looks like the wrong move, then signs Gustafson, which was also horrible. Well, you don't see a lot of GMs making any trades. It's a flat cap world. So there's not a lot of deals to be made right now. There might be at the deadline as prices come down and it becomes a buyer's market. So I don't know what you wanted him to do, who you wanted him to sign or trade for, um, because there's not a lot of players out there. GMs, and Brian responded to your tweet and said, name a GM that's doing something other than firing head coaches right now. There's not, there's no, there's no player movement right now. And as far as turning down a deal with Travis Konechny and Morgan Frost for Patrick Laine, do you have inside information that I didn't have or nobody else had? Because I never heard that, nor was it talked about. So that's ridiculous. So I'm not even going to dignify that with a further response. Um, At Iowa Philly Flyer tweets in and says, all we hear is Ekholm. What about Jalmerson? He is older, but he's on an expiring contract. That that may be an option. Nick Jalmerson may be an option with the Arizona Coyotes. Absolutely. Uh, I think David Savard could be an option with the Columbus Blue Jackets, also on an expiring contract. Not as good as Ekholm. One of the reasons that Ekholm is even more attractive for some teams is that he does have an extra year. But the other part is, is that his cap hit is very low. It's I think it's $3.6 million. For the player you're getting, a 20-minute-plus uh, defenseman that can play top pair or, at a minimum, top two pair, that's a very, very good price tag. So uh, that's one of the other reasons why Ekholm is valuable. But again, for the Flyers, that extra year is an issue. Todd tweets in, uh, Todd Alphon, and he says, why doesn't AV do a top-heavy team instead of balance? For instance, it should be Giroux, Couturier, and TK, Farabee, Hayes, and JVR, Limblom, Lawton, and Voracek. G should never be on the third line getting 15 minutes a game. Doesn't make sense. Again, part of this 
right now is a coach that's trying to monitor minutes and parcel minutes in a schedule that is insane. Six games in nine days. AV said he's never seen it. I've never seen it anywhere in the NHL. Sometimes you see three in floor, three games in four days or six and ten. I've never seen six and nine. And the Flyers will be right back at it coming up today. So I think he's trying to keep guys fresh, but he's also trying to balance. And there's no reason to break up that line of Farabee, JVR, and Sean Couturier. They've been fantastic together. Now, Farabee missed the game the other day, but he's back. So you put that line back together. I mean, Giroux was on the third line with Nick Albe, Kubel, and Oscar Lindblom the other night. Uh, he had three points in the game. That line was responsible for two goals, including the game winner. So uh, they're a balanced team already. They have a lot of weapons, and obviously Lawton's a guy that can move up and down the lineup and has. So that's part of the equation as well. But uh, look, you are top-heavy when you have Couturier on a line with James Van Riemsdyk and Joel Farabee, right now, that's a top-heavy line that's very good. All right, one other bit of news before we put a bow on this episode of Flyers Daily, and it just came down late on Saturday night. just happened to be the time we're recording this very podcast, and it's that a prominent member of the Washington Capitals is not going to be available, not just for the game tonight, also the other two games that the Flyers will take on the Caps this week, and that will be Washington forward Tom Wilson. He has been suspended for seven games without pay for the boarding on Boston Bruins defenseman Brandon Carlo uh, during the game on Friday night. Now, uh, it was a really dirty hit, and he was running around like he often does, and Tom Wilson caught him, and it looked like the principal point of contact was the head. So Brandon Carlo had a hard time getting up on the ice. They eventually walked him off the ice, and he did leave the game in an ambulance. So Tom Wilson was granted an in-person hearing, I understand, or a face-to-face pseudo, face-to-face meeting. Uh, And under the terms of the collective bargaining agreement, based on his average annual salary, Wilson's going to forfeit $311,781, and uh, the money's going to go to the Players' Emergency Assistance Fund. But again, Tom, Tom Wilson suspended for seven games. Flyers play the Caps coming up three times this week, so we will not see Tom Wilson at all. Uh, for the Washington Capitals, and he is one of those guys that will stir the pot, as you know. He's a guy that will run around. He'll create energy. If his team's lacking energy, he'll throw a big hit. Sometimes they're dirty. He he is a player that's cr- crossed over the line uh, many, many times, and there's not a lot of guys in the league. He, he can also throw his hands a little bit, and he can play, but he's a guy that uh, gets away with stuff because there's not as many guys in the league right now to keep a guy like that accountable, and the Flyers are going to play Washington uh, coming up tonight, and then Thursday and Saturday uh, at home, there'll be a Buffalo game on Tuesday at home at the Wells Fargo Center mixed in there as well. So no Tom Wilson for the week. Ovi will be there, and the uh, weapons will still be there for the Washington Caps. So we'll see how that plays out tonight. Again, tonight, first game back in Philadelphia in 362 days with with fans. March 10th last year was the Flyers game against the Boston Bruins. The last time we saw fans, we saw and attendance at the Wells Fargo Center. If you're going tonight, I cannot wait to see all of you. Be loud, enjoy the game, and hopefully the Flyers, with the return of fans, can send the faithful home happy with a win and two points in the standings. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode. We'll break down this game tonight. 
on tomorrow's episode. But thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.